0: Welcome to the batman Tastacast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Batman the Animated Series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode and a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman. Seated across from me at the tape Mike? Mike?
1: I'm over here!
0: I can't- I can't see you.
1: It's because I'm over here. Are,
0: are you also Bane? Yes. Oh, there you are.
1: Yes, I'm Bane.
0: No, I can't see you when you have that Bane mask on. I know, on. it's the Bane mask. Good to see you, Mike. Good to see you too.
1: And across the table from me, he is hyper visible. He has seen all the evil. He has heard all the evil and he has spoken maybe some evil, Mr. Jordan Hugh.
0: Yeah, you know what's kind of meta theatrical about this podcast though is yeah. our listeners can't see us. I know, so. Ooh. Spooky. What have I done? <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, today we're going to be discussing season one, episode seventeen of Batman: The Animated Series, an episode titled "See No Evil." Yeah, "See No Evil." This episode is really good.
1: Yeah, it's 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 sneakily good. Sneakily good. It's sneaky good. It's um.
0: I think people tend to not think very much of like these one-off episodes that don't have a major supervillain.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's one of those things where. This is not really a character from the comics,
0: right? No. So this was we'll we'll get into this, but this was supposed to be Mirror Man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Marty Pasco, who's the writer of this episode, met with Bruce Timm when they were discussing doing an episode that had like a character that used used mirrors as yeah. a weapon. Uh, you know, Bruce Timm kind of dissuaded Marty Pasco from doing that. Bruce was saying that like, "Oh, you know, the way animation works the mirror imaging stuff is actually really hard it's yeah. going to be difficult for the animators um, maybe let's let's reimagine this so then uh, pasco was going back to like his 30s noir inspirations and being like oh okay what well, what are the horror movies of that time and thinking of oh the invisible man yeah and that is what they ended up going with because as bruce tim suggested now while mirrors are hard in animation being invisible looks really cool.
1: And and the episode proves just how cool being invisible um, is and exactly. looks. And, um, you know, they could get the Invisible Man, maybe if they did in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but <laughs> then Alan Moore would probably have a
0: seizure and die. No, poor Alan Moore needs <laughs> to just relax. The dude needs to chill. He needs to really relax.
1: Like, people love his stuff so much that they've written movies and TV shows and things, and his only response to anything that's ever been made that he's written is, out of what he's written is, it's terrible. It's the worst thing we've ever right of.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm so sad for Alan Moore. Me too. I think he is a genius yeah. and maybe the greatest writer of his generation, especially for comics. Yeah. But he just makes me so sad because yeah. he just dislikes Everything. Everything. Including a, his own stuff. Yeah, but look, some of it's bad, but most of it's great. Great, most of it's um, e- most of it's excellent. His work is so good that it usually survives the adaptation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, we'll talk, we'll talk more the... about Alan Moore another day when we get
1: into the Watchmen.
0: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, on our Watchmen podcast. Yeah, Watchcast. Watchcast. Ooh, that's that's uh, not, not bad. bad. Not bad. Not a bad name. <laughs> All right, you heard it here first. <laughs> um, so this was episode seventeen on the production side, Mike. This was broadcast order. Fifty six. So when I was paging through fifty-six HBO Max to find yeah. this
1: episode, I'm like, where the heck is Ceno Evil?
0: Oh my god. It's almost at the end of season one.
1: So we've uh we've been wrong on this podcast um once, only once. Um uh, yeah, never, once ever. We're, ever. we're never wrong. Never ever. none of our opinions are ever incorrect. Correct.
0: All the facts we say are totally true. Totally true. true. Yeah. Well researched. Yes,
1: yeah, so we, we do our work here on the <laughs> Batman Tasticast, but um we we have been wrong about um, syndication for cartoons. Right. I've also been
0: wrong with number of episodes, but that's okay.
1: That's also okay. Yeah, but I think also I think sometimes it's easy to, to mix that up with Batman versus the New Adventures. They make and, it kind of hard. Yeah, because the New Adventures of Batman and Robin is not the same show, but technically is. No, it's,
0: but it is sort of a continuation. Yeah. What were you going to say about syndication? So
1: syndication for cartoons is a little different than uh, TV. So on okay. TV, syndication is is typically 100 episodes. Okay. Uh, on cartoons, I believe it's 65 episodes, Okay, which gives... Gives you thirteen weeks, at five episodes of w- a week. So then, cartoons wanted to get to sixty-five episodes. And I learned this actually on another podcast I was listening to. Um, it was either What a Cartoon or Retro Nuts, where they were talking about. Um,
0: how dare you mention our competitors?
1: They're not really our competitors. No, we don't, of course not.
0: We don't. We're, we don't. We can't shine their shoes. They don't
1: talk about Batman. <laughs> um, they talk about you know they 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 talk about every other. They talk a little bit about Batman, but not to the length that we do. Um, they were talking about how getting a TV show, a cartoon to 65 episodes is everything because it allows you to, it's, like I said, it's 13 weeks at five episodes a week mm-hmm. and then what you can do is you can run that four times a year. All so, right, yeah. the goal is to get to, you know, 13 weeks. It's funny how 52 weeks in a year, it's like a It's like a deck of cards. Um, getting to 50... Getting to uh, 65 episodes is where you need to be. So season one of Batman the Animated Series, I think, is is 65 episodes on the nose. Mm. Um, so that makes a whole lot of sense when you realize like, oh, okay. And that's 13 weeks of Batman. So if this is airing 56, this is really, this is within the last eight episodes. So it's right. really towards this the end of the season. This aired
0: in February of 93.
1: Yeah. So this episode is this episode's not even 30 years old yet.
0: Hey, no, listen, we started off the show with the with the usual standard introduction, okay? We have to stand by our 30-year guarantee. Almost
1: 30 years. Oh, man, I know, I know. It's, it's going to be hard. It's such a shame.
0: Uh, no, so this was um, this was broadcast 56th, uh, not because they disliked this episode. Yeah. This wasn't something they were trying to hide. There was a delay with the animators with this episode. Um, I couldn't find uh, in my research why that was the case. There was just something up with this, but actually... This episode is such a technical achievement in terms of the animation that maybe it was just that there were a lot of difficult sequences. Yeah. And they had to figure them out.
1: Um, I, I think it, it makes sense where I think at some point in your notes you talk about um, just they they sent it over to, to I guess, Japan to get worked on. Yeah. And they had a back and forth. I mean, this is before the internet, right? We couldn't drop right. things in Dropbox and people pick it up. They had to literally, you know, send the artwork and all that stuff in the animation yeah. cells.
0: Yeah, so I'm looking at it here. It says, Originally, the episode's production number was assigned to an episode entitled The Count and the Countess. Yeah. Bruce Timm sent it to a Japanese studio for completion, uh, and the pre-production work here was as an experiment. Yeah. He thought it would free up some in-house staff for better shows. The overseas studio took months to produce even character designs and a partial storyboard, and those were drawn in a style too off-model to be usable. Production on the first season was nearing an end and with the troubled script and unacceptable pre-production work, the episode was killed. And so when this episode was completed, it was assigned the lower production number left empty. So yeah. this looks like it was the victim of being shuffled around and uh, lots of edits and animation. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's so wild to think today in 2022, 2022, that having something done in a more like like anime style would be a turnoff. Right, it's crazy how different the world is because I think if if there was an Batman Batman done in a serious anime style today, akin to something It'd be very like, successful, it okay. would be I think hyper successful, akin to something like I don't know, like a like a Chainsaw Man or a Spy Spy Family or um or uh, you know even something when like Naruto or My Hero Academia looks really good. Uh, I think I think something like that would would be stunning. But ninety three, you know, you're still working with. Uh, an American fan base that still doesn't want Mega Man to look like an anime character on the box. <laughs> right. So um, I think what you're talking about now is I think you should, like you said, it's just a it's just kind of uh, fell fell victim to just being shuffled around and delayed. But I'm happy that they did this episode. I, I think it's a really interesting take. I think it's a really cool take on the Invisible Man motif. I love the story. Yeah, it's a great story, and you know what? I'm in the animated series, and you know when I was reading up on um, POV when we were releasing that episode.
0: That was so long ago. How could you remember? I, I know, I know. When I was reading up on POV, <laughs> the joke is that it came out this week. Yes,
1: Shh, they don't know we. Have they don't a, know. We, we, know they don't know how how ahead of how ahead <laughs> of ourselves we are. We're we're gonna make them think we're confident.
0: Um, I mean, we're recording this live. You're yeah. listening to us live. Live, this live. The show is live. Live.
1: Um, You know, so many good characters were created for the animated series. Uh, Renée Montoya being one of them, Harley Quinn being another. Um, Well, and
0: then even just the reimaginings of so many characters that they might as well have been created for the animated series. Yeah,
1: and when you're doing a show that's mostly episodic, you're going to need to create some villains. And uh, I think this is a really cool take. And Batman being a noir... Detective, also kind of a, a, a classic horror character to a degree, right? There's some classic horror in what Batman does. Classic yeah, he, science he, fiction. He rides the line between
0: yeah. 30s horror, 30s sci-fi, 30s yeah. noir. Like
1: if Batman was fighting like Frankenstein, it would be stupid, but also awesome.
0: And that has happened. Yes, exactly in the comics.
1: Exactly. So <laughs> uh, I, I think that's. I mean, there's a there's literally Batman versus Dracula. So right. there's there's really cool stuff there. And uh, leaning into the Invisible Man in a noir setting, I think is awesome.
0: Yeah, there's a couple little factoids I just want to get out of the way before we get into the actual plot synopsis for the the episode. That's right. So, first, I want to shout out this is, if we're here on the production side, the first appearance of Lucius Fox. Lucius Fox, who is the head of the Wayne uh, Tech Research and Development. Um, We, of course, saw him played by brilliant actor Morgan Freeman in the Chris Nolan films. But um, I remember always thinking this was a cool character just from the animated series. Um, he has better appearances in other episodes, of course, and he only has a few lines in this episode, but he certainly stands out. He's a noted character. Yeah, he's Lucius
1: Fox is a Cool important. name. Yeah, very cool name and very important to, like, the Batman mythos, you know? For he's sure. Important, very well, he's important he's like the gadget guy. Yeah, he's like his cue almost. Right, yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: And yeah. also he's, like, another character that has a relationship with both Bruce Wayne and Batman. Spelunking? Um So yeah, that is cool. Um, the other thing to mention, and this is kind of just more like a weird coincidence. So this episode is chock full of like television royalty. Yeah. So first, voicing a uh, uh, Kimberly Ventress, uh, little Kimmy, is Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. Of you know umpteen different movies and television shows. She's currently the star of The Handmaid's Tale. Yep. But what's funny is. I guess if the math checks out, it's I think twenty-seven years after this episode aired. Um, of course, Elizabeth Moss is the star of the most recent "The Invisible Man," which is great. Twenty-twenty, which is great. Where and that Invisible Man, that particular depiction, is very, very similar to Lloyd Ventress. Well, like he has a refracted light suit. Yeah, like well, that is exactly what happens well, in this episode.
1: I haven't seen the newest Invisible Man. It's movie. good. Oh, it is good. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll watch it. Um, but let's 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 think about this. You know, like we think about things, uh, the people who are making movies now watch Batman growing up. Oh yeah. Well, plain and simple.
0: You know what? So totally. There's that's in the soup, man. Someone yeah. had said this before. Yes. I'm sure. Someone
1: yeah. is probably like, Oh, you know what? would be Cool. You're supposed I... you get Elizabeth Moss. Yes. She was Wait, Evil. how old is she? <laughs> oh my
0: God. She'd be great for lead. Perfect. Yeah. Um, we also have in this episode, of course, um, we have Michael Gross. No, that's gross. Michael Gross <laughs> plays, <laughs> Michael Gross plays Lloyd Ventress, uh, who is our, our main villain in this yeah. episode. Yeah. People know him as kind of um, uh, TV's dad. He was the, of course, the the father on uh, Family Ties. Yeah, Michael J. Fox's dad on Family Ties. So he he's doing like that nice fatherly, warm, yeah. genteel voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know him better as Bert from Tremors. Tremors movies, which eventually, like, they made so many Tremors movies, he became the main character because at that point, like, Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward and those guys, like, either died or didn't want to do it anymore.
1: Yeah, Kevin Bacon's alive though. Oh, correct.
0: Oh, I mean, like, their characters. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, you know. okay. Um, and then uh, we also in this episode we have Gene Smart of like designing women and yeah. uh, oh God, a million other things, but just amazing, amazing voice actors. They in this episode. get
1: such good talent for this show. It's unbelievable.
0: They truly do. Uh, Really, really good. And then I think the last thing I want to mention before we actually get into the plot of the episode is that, um, you know, I think eventually our plan is to get to Batman Beyond. Yeah. Even though that's in the far distance. So this episode is a standalone. Lloyd Ventress never appears again. And I I don't think he's ever even mentioned again in the animated series. But that technology, the ability to turn Batman's suit invisible. Yeah. Right. Uh, That idea kind of comes from this episode, right? So when you have Batman Beyond when Terry's suit can use the cloaking device, it is very similar to the technology being used in this episode, except I'm sure he's not using toxic plastic.
1: No, probably not. Um, And also, how many years in the future is Batman Beyond when compared to Batman?
0: I'm sure it's said at one point, but we have to remember that the year on Batman the Animated series is very soft. Yeah, very soft. Yeah, like are we in the thirties be... or the fifties? And then when we... does new adventures take place? Also, are we in
1: the nineties? It's a weird, right. weird thing. Batman the Animated series purposely has a timeless art style, and while the vibe is very thirties, fifties, sometimes you'll see a date on the show that says ninety two. So it's right. um it's it's very weird.
0: It's meant to be kind of out of time. Yeah, of course. I think. And... But um I like the idea that perhaps uh Terry Suit came from this technology that makes
1: a lot of sense i'd believe that and also like with the timeline of batman begins bat i mean batman begins batman beyond it's like Batman Beyond could be twenty twenty two for all we know. You know, it's uh, it's in the future. It's like a cyberpunk Gotham, which I love, and uh, that's another really beautiful thing the animated series kind of led into that has become important to the comics. Yeah.
0: Also, fun fact: Michael Gross, who's Lloyd Ventress in this episode, um, he is Warren McGinnis, Terry's father. Yeah. In Batman Beyond, yeah. so another little link there too. That's
1: cool. That's cool. Also, I do like the connection to the Invisible Man. I think we talked about this with with um with mark hamill that his laugh is somewhat based on That's right his based on claude raines ba- ba- based on claude raines's laugh at the end of the invisible man right the original invisible man so you know these guys clearly like their classic horror movies which is awesome
0: sure even the nicholson joker when his face is all bandaged up like that yeah. is kind of meant to be like a, a yeah. reference to the invisible man oh yeah in some yeah, way, yeah yeah so. yeah you know, What's going the, on there? Or, or I should say Two-Face, the same thing. Those, yeah. No, he even, well, yeah. In the animated series it's Two-Face. An, yeah. Animated
1: series Two-Face is like a reference to Batman 89 and a reference to the Invisible Man at the same time. Right. Especially when he calls for the mirror, you know? A
0: lot of double dipping going on. Yeah, well. Mirror. Mirror. <laughs> you see the tools they have to work with. <laughs> um, all right. I, I think we're going to hop into the episode. Yo, let's do it, dude. I'm ready. So, I know there are more things to discuss, but I think we can get there kind of as we I go through so. the episode. Okay, great. So, let's hop in. So this is Season 1, Episode 17, See No Evil. Uh, We get our theme song. It is this really mellow but also creepy as hell... Horror movie reminiscent, eerily childlike lullaby music. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice work to Shirley Walker, who is the just a beast. Uh, just master composer of this uh, series. I was
1: looking at the uh, the soundtracks on Spotify, because yeah. all of the Batman the Animated Series soundtracks on Spotify. And there, there are a few composers that worked on this, but yeah, it's almost all her.
0: Right, or they worked under her in yeah, some way. It's yeah, it's
1: unbelievable. Her stuff is incredible.
0: Yeah. Uh, the title card is beautiful. It's one of the best. It's an open yeah. window. Uh, and the kind of ghostly curtains are blowing, almost like a phantom would blow inward. You know, like the like the the evil robes of some kind of ghost or a phantom. Yeah. Um, we have a forlorn, just teddy bear, just kind of lying on the ground or on a bed. Um, clear block letters are outlined in white, uh, almost like they're see through. This is like the stuff nightmares are made of, yeah, and only on the yeah, title card that yeah. says, you know, evil. Uh, this episode is directed by Dan Reba. Written by Martin, a.k.a. Marty Pasco.
1: Is this the first episode we've done with these guys?
0: This is the first Reba and Pasco. Okay. They will recur quite a bit. Yeah. Um, And they are particularly good. Yeah. Um, Their episodes tend to be really good ones. We'll get into them uh, in the future of our series. (laughs) All right. We open our episode with wind whistling through the neighborhood. (laughs) Very good. Ooh, good foley work. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Rustling the leaves on the autumn trees, and we pan over to the abandoned galaxy drive-in movie theater which was apparently playing the invisible man at one point uh, now several letters are missing um as we pan over a dog barks at us yes the dog barks at the camera yeah. and then it's like oh who who are we yeah so now you realize you're in like halloween perspective yes. it's like oh are we mike myers i guess deep breathing um so already, yeah so already it's like this horror thing Um, so we seem to be in like the slummy suburbs outside of Gotham. This even reminded me a little bit of the neighborhood, uh, from I've got Batman in my basement, Yep. Yep. except maybe this is like the even less nice part Mm -hmm. of town. Mm -hmm. Um, and something's not right. It's nighttime. We get a close up on one particular house and there's this gate that's kind of banging in the wind. That's always a good thing. (laughs) Never a good thing. And our perspective is now looking down as the wind whips open the front, uh, of the gate. Uh, and then we look over at a window of the house and then we quickly switch our perspective then to the inside of a girl's bedroom as a window opens letting that wind inside And We pan over to a blonde little girl asleep in her bed, like a perfect little girl, like the stereotypically perfect, like cute little kid, right? Cute little blonde-haired white girl, right? Uh, Innocent. Uh, Can't help but notice a creepy jack-in-the-box clown doll tipped over in here. Why are they doing that to us?
1: I don't know, man. It's Batman. We're frightened enough. This show has always got to just... Just, just up the creep factor. I'm scared enough, Mike. <laughs> I know. I'm terrified. <laughs> All
0: right. So we get the disembodied voice of Mojo, which is, I must say, that is the best worst name yes. <laughs> for a yes. child's imaginary friend. Yeah. That yeah. is a terrifying name. A
1: terrifying name. Also, um, he, not the X-Men villain, sadly.
0: No. And also not Mojo Jojo. Mojo Jojo. So the voice wakes the girl, Kimberly, Kimmy. And then Mojo clicks on her light, and then he lifts up the simple rag doll that she's been sleeping with, and we can tell that he uses this thing as like a talisman or like mm-hmm. a totem to yeah. talk to her. And when she wakes up, we can tell from their conversation that Mojo's visitations have been pretty frequent. Yeah. And they've been going on for some time. She says things like, Mojo, you came back. Sure, I said I would, didn't I? So creepy that he has like that sweet dad voice. So creepy.
1: <laughs> really creepy.
0: Um, But also perfectly cast because Michael Gross because yeah. his family Ties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he presents her with a necklace. It's a golden heart pendant with a diamond stud, probably worth thousands of dollars. Giving it to
1: a little girl. Right. He First. places
0: it around her neck. And I love already the animation direction in here because it's not just that the necklace just goes around her neck. The invisible hands like fluff her hair yeah. in the way like a father would fluff his daughter's hair. Yeah. It's yeah. really the detail in this episode is very good. Very good. Uh, so you, you really see that direction from Reba here. Um, so, yeah, he places it around her neck, uh, fluffs her hair, and Mojo, in their conversation, says that what she's you know really been hoping for, he knows, is a pearl necklace. Yep. We'll skip over that yep, for now. That uh, and is. he promises he'll bring her one the next time he visits. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the girl seems suddenly sad. Uh, she's clutching at this pendant he's given her, and she says... Uh, Next time better be sooner you may not find us. Mommy says we're moving. Uh, and uh-oh. uh-oh. Mojo's unhappy. Mojo's not happy. He drops the doll. And you know, I think I remember watching this episode as a kid and thinking, I didn't think Invisible Man. I thought possessed doll.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I didn't realize where we were going with this right yeah. away. Of course it's it's immediately revealed now, but I remember like the because of the creepy like horror movie opening of this, I didn't think like, oh yeah, right, so the foe yeah. will be an Invisible Man. Yeah. I thought like, oh, it's a supernatural foe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we really don't have very many of. Not yet. Um, Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he drops the doll. And uh, Kimmy mentions that they're moving because life might be better someplace else. And then Mom walks in and she turns on the light. And Mom is a total babe. (laughs) She's very hot. Hot little cartoon lady. Uh, And they do the classic scene... Where mom asks Timmy who she's been talking to, and she says, oh, Mojo, who's obviously the imaginary friend. Yep. And mom pretends to believe her. Oh, okay. I'm sorry I missed him. Right?
1: Next and, uh, time I'll meet Mojo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and as they talk, we see the window gently close, and we follow our invisible friend outside. He goes back out the gate, and he kicks a can on the street outside, because I guess he's pretty frustrated.
1: He, well, well, yes, and we'll find out why. And we don't know why later. yet. Later.
0: We transition to the Gotham Convention Center, which is welcoming the Gotham Jewelers Association, mm-hmm. and we fly. Uh, we follow uh, the character's name is Lloyd Ventris mm-hmm. inside. His his last name is spelled Ventrix with yeah. an X. Yeah. And uh, earlier we had said I think they wanted Mirror Man. Yeah. Mirror Man's real name is Floyd Ventris. Yeah. So I guess they were just like, well. Well, just change it a little. Name
1: of Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. Copy my copy my work but cousin. Don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> copy my work but don't make it look the same. All uh, right, can we go with Lloyd Ventress? All right.
0: So Lloyd Ventress walks in. This character has a very specific model. Yes. So he's wearing like this nice gray suit and glasses, but the face is unforgettable. Yep. He's got like this long face with like very sharp cheekbones, dark hair, olive skin. He's got like these dark hoods over his eyes which could be eyebrows but they aren't i don't know what's going on there and then he has now these are not freckles i think these are acne scars i think they're pockmarks pockmarks
1: pockmarks which is usually something that's left over for acne
0: i don't know like a bill murray type situation yeah maybe um or danny trejo yes maybe that too We time lapse and transition to the interior of a men's room where Ventress is pulling something gray, like a gray cloth, out of his briefcase. Uh, This is the first time we get that funny security guard who just notices that the men's room door is locked from the inside, Um, and apparently his only job as a security guard is to keep this door unlocked. Hey, when you gotta go, you gotta go. (laughs) Right. Oh, I couldn't tell if he had to use the bathroom in the episode or if he just wanted the door to be unlocked. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Back inside, Ventress has pulled the suit over his entire body. It's the first time we see him activate his watch, which now renders him totally invisible and his briefcase once he, once he picks it up.
1: Yeah, I guess it's all made of the yes, same Yes, right.
0: So the invisibility seems to extend to anything he's even touching.
1: Well, it, or it's made from that same material if it's got like a charge.
0: Okay, sure. So you think the briefcase is also covered yeah. in that material. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he exits the bathroom. Uh, we're now out in the convention floor, and we see the close-up of a jeweler holding a gold watch, That does not look like it's of the period, by the way. It's a very modern-looking gold watch, but we'll leave it alone. Uh, We pull back to reveal none other than Bruce Wayne, who, by the way, uh, if you look at the circumstances of the episode, he's not here investigating Lloyd Ventress. He was just there buying a watch. He wants to
1: buy that watch. Poor Bruce. This guy can't catch a break. Can't catch a break. Everyone's telling him that he's upset his father's name, and now he can't (laughs) even buy a damn watch.
0: You know... I think that watch actually would look good with his hideous brown suit. Yeah, I think so. And the yellow shirt.
1: Yeah, I don't know why they picked those colors. Man. I don't why know. Why couldn't you put Batman in a black suit with a white shirt? Uh,
0: well, they do later. Yeah. You know, but I'll say this. The suit's unforgettable. No, no. Every time I think animated yeah. series, I think like, oh, yeah, the brown suit. The brown suit. The, and brown the, suit. the yellow shirt. Yeah. Hideous. Um. So, yeah, nearby, <laughs> Ventress has no chill. And he just starts emptying trays of jewelry uh, into his case, and then he takes the watch that yep. Bruce was thinking of buying. Mike, I have a question for you. Yeah. You're invisible, right? Yeah. Why are you just stealing things, like, in front of where where everyone can see that something's wrong? I don't know. Like, wouldn't you want to do this discreetly, like, later?
1: Yeah, maybe when the place was closed and you could get in easy. <sighs> he is stupid. He's n- <laughs> he's not bright. Um, As you can tell later in the episode when he makes some very poor decisions. Yeah.
0: I think an excuse could be that later we find out the suit is toxic. Yeah. And maybe it's affecting his brain. Oh, his brain is huh. melting. I don't think now is I don't think this is part of that. Nah. I think he's just like ah fuck it, I'm just going to take as much yeah, as I well, can.
1: Yeah, I'm stealing stuff.
0: Right. Um so yeah, another tray gets emptied. Don't. Um you know, he's knocking people over, he's taking people's jewelry like right off their bodies. And then Bruce Wayne also runs for that same men's room just as the guard is trying to check the do- door again. It's still locked. He looks like he really has to go. Yeah. He bites his lip. He either has to really use the bathroom or he's afraid of this invisible man. Yes. I don't know. The security guards are pretty useless. Probably both. A little bit of both. Uh so yeah, finally Batman emerges from the bathroom just like next to that whistling security guard.
1: Well yep. Batman's here, this can't get any better.
0: <laughs> right. And it's just as Venturous is making his exit and the useless security the useless security guards realize their their guns are missing. Or I should say their pieces are missing, which is what they say in the episode. Can't
1: find my piece.
0: Kind of a yeah, a style flourish, I think. Um, so then in the next scene, Batman follows Ventress out the door, past a sign that says use other exit because there's a construction area with wet cement, uh, which is the exact kind of thing you want in an Invisible Man episode. Of course. Uh, Batman calls out for the unseen foe. There's this poor unsuspecting construction worker just trying to eat his sandwich. As he sees like crazy Batman calling out for an invisible man, he like basically just drops his sandwich and runs. Um, and then there's like this, this trowel just gets thrown at Batman. I actually think that's when the construction worker just leaves. Yep. Um, so then we see the footsteps kind of splatting around in the wet cement and then we get Batman's light motif as he uh, swings from his grappling hook across the wet cement and actually his shadow instead of being the normal Batman shadow. I don't know if you noticed is a, a perfect bat symbol. Yep. Instead of so, being the shadow. It's, it's really it's cool. Really cool. Um, so yeah, we can actually, we can see Ventress because Batman drops a smoke bomb and then we see his outline in the smoke and then Ventress has this little bit of a coughing fit. He says, oh, cute, real cute. And then, uh, Batman does the next best thing you can do when you're fighting an invisible foe. We're at a construction site. He finds some paint, some pink paint. Yep. And he splatters Ventress with it and it actually really works. Like you see Ventress's shape perfectly. But then we learn that the suit has another function. I forget what Ventress's exact quip is here. He says something, you had better luck with smoke, but I'm yeah. a real burnout case or something yeah. like that. And he heats up the suit and he burns the paint off. Yeah. But despite the fact he has that ability, it's never used again in the episode. No,
1: why, why would it be?
0: Well, I just figured, like, when he's fighting Batman later, you'd think, like, a red hot punch would do something. No. Nah. But it's it's actually not. Do you
1: have a Batman's also got, like,. His clothes, you know, probably... F- <laughs> right. Like I'm sure.
0: Well, actually, this guy hands Batman his ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Something might have helped later. Yeah. Uh, anyway. They forgot about it. Yeah, so uh, Ventress slash Mojo, whatever you want to call him, he seems to have also a deep knowledge of acoustics, mm-hmm. because in this construction area, there are really high ceilings, and he knows how to throw his voice to make it echo. And he uh, kind of laughs at Batman, because Batman can't figure out where he is. Yeah. And this guy, Ventress, he's kind of a taller dude he really hits batman hard yeah he actually knocks batman out yeah in this fight and it was like i was not expecting this guy to be like super villain strong yeah i don't know if that's the suit that's doing that or it's just that batman can't see him
1: yeah i think well you know getting sucker punched i think for anyone's a bad thing
0: but right? like sucker punch like 12 times
1: yeah yeah i mean if you can't see where it's coming from i guess that's that's the point right batman Batman isn't Daredevil, so he doesn't right. have like that echolocation type stuff. So even though a character named Batman probably should, anyway, we're not <laughs> going to get into that. Um, it's it's actually very funny how Batman and Daredevil represent the other's name much better than their name. That's very true. Yeah, it's like, I've never it's thought like of Batman that. jumps off buildings and. And, right, you know, and, is right yeah, and is right. And a daredevil yeah and is actually batman's and daredevil's power daredevil's fucking blind blind and has and has to use yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so he's a bat yeah yeah exactly it's, we need to do some letter writing yeah yeah like a letter writing who campaign. can we write yeah i'll write the directors of she hulk It's um, too late um so i i like this fight a lot because it's cool um, it's really cool and um it's nice to see batman get out outwitted not like smarts wise but just like Batman kind of, he loses this fight. He kind of gets beat right. by someone who knows his powers very, very well. Like, this guy uses his powers well. Like, Ventress is not the smartest guy, but he knows how to use this suit, or knows at least the benefits of being invisible.
0: Yeah. Batman doesn't lose a lot no. on Batman the Animated Series. Like, and if he does lose a fight, it's um, it's notable. So the fact that this one-off villain, Ventress, manages to get the best of him is is pretty noted. It's awesome. Uh, It is awesome. Uh, See you around, Batman. Too bad you can't say the same. Oh, Ventress loves a quip. Um, He's got a little evil laugh, and Batman is left blacked out in the wet cement. Pretty Pretty tough. Batgrave. We get an unusual transition shot of a reflection in a puddle uh, as this invisible foot steps into it, and the camera pans up over to an apartment building and then down the stairs because it seems like Ventress has a basement apartment. Uh, so, from within, we see the lock slide shut, the familiar sound of his footsteps, at the click of a light, and then we see a picture of Kimmy on the table, and then it all comes together. Yep. We're like, okay, Kimmy's his daughter. Yeah. Right? Ventress dumps out his hall in front of her photo, and then his head reappears before the rest of him. And then Ventress, because he's insane. Uh, he monologues, and we learn the two things we need to learn, right? One, that Kimmy's his daughter, and he won't let Kimmy's mom take her away from him. Yeah. And also, he's fucking crazy. Crazy. Right, because his monologue sounds pretty deranged. Yeah. Uh, then we get the next day, establishing shot of a school. It's daytime. We get Ventrix, Ventrix's ex-wife, who uh, we will come to find out is named Helen. She's the mom we saw from before. She's dropping Kimmy off at school. While Ventrix is, uh, sorry, I should say Ventress, that really, that X yeah, really it's messes weird. me up. It's weird. Uh, Ventress is waiting in a car nearby, like a very kind of notable gray car. Yeah. And Kimmy waves and Helen drives away and uh, Ventress speeds off after her. Yeah, that's not creepy at all. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, so Helen, uh, we get her name from the apron she's wearing first. Uh, she works in a grocery store.
1: Gothmart. Gothmart. Which Uh, is
0: great. Which is an awesome name. I would buy all my food from Gothmart. Me too. Uh, And it would all be wearing black and white stripes. Of course. And it would listen to my comical romance. Of course. Um, Yeah, so she's just finishing up at the register. She's going to take her lunch break. And Lloyd Ventress confronts her outside. Hey, babe. Long time. Instant attitude from her. Not long enough. Ventress pushes her. She walks away from him with purpose. And they have this heated conversation where we get their relationship right away. This is like a traumatic thing. Mm -hmm. They don't have a good relationship at all. Um, We learn that he's on parole. She has a restraining order against him. And um, he tells her he's not a bum anymore but to helen he's clearly still a problem yeah and she flees into this like luncheonette cafeteria yeah
1: he's clearly a bum
0: <laughs> he's clearly still a bum
1: yeah i mean he's 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 still robbing people oh, right um we gather i forget um he's he's part of or he was part of some sort of organized crime syndicate right is that what they that's what they allude to or i don't think just they a say that
0: i think he's just a crook just a crook yeah um so Ventress tries to pay for Helen's food at the counter, and Helen makes this nasty quip about him knocking over all-night gas stations to get cash, so I don't think he was ever part of, like, Thorn nah. or anything like that. No, he's just a crook. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, she doesn't allow him to pay. She uses her own money. He leaves this cash anyway, and their heated conversation continues, so she's not going to get to eat that sandwich. Meh. Um He just wants to see Kimmy, uh, but as Helen has already told him, um, he's, not any- he's not allowed anywhere near her, anywhere close to her. And, in fact, Helen has told Kimmy that. Yes. Helen has told Kimmy, your dad is bad. Yes. And he's to stay away from you, and you're to stay away from yes. him. Um, Ventress is basically begging in this cafeteria. He says, I'll give you anything you want. What do you want? And she says, want. All I want is for you to disappear. Oh, choice words. Uh-oh. He says, okay, okay, but just remember the old saying, be careful what you wish for.
1: Yeah. Um, you know it's weird because Ventress is clearly a crook and he's clearly a bad guy. Part of me does feel bad for him because yes, there is there is a sympathy for him even though he's still doing bad things. He the guy just wants to see his daughter. Now we don't have too much of the backstory here. What he did, what we have restraining enough. order. There we do know that he's a problem. Um, but I guess he thinks he's reformed and he just wants to see his daughter. Right. But at the same time, he's a. It's such a complicated, conflicted view of of this character.
0: We, yeah, we talk a lot about villains' motivations on this yeah. Uh, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we have just revenge. Yep. Mr. Freeze, yep. Uh, you know, Poison Ivy to some extent, Scarecrow. Yeah. Right? Sometimes we have like bizarrely individual lofty goals, like turning yourself into a bat, okay, a la on leather wings, right? <laughs> this, I think to date, is the most. It's personal. Yeah, it's personal. It's, um, it's it's you don't have to imagine what this would be like. We all know this story. We all have a friend yeah, like this, it's, right? It's realistic.
1: It's sincere. It's, right.
0: It's, it's parents who are divorced. The guy is a louse. Yeah. Uh, but he still wants to see his kid. Yeah. That doesn't mean it, it is appropriate that he should get to, but mm-hmm. we do feel his pain, just mm-hmm. like we understand. Helen we yeah. understand the mom yes
1: of course we understand both parents here. Um,
0: it's just something sad
1: yeah it's very sad and um, and I'm
0: actually surprised it got through standards and practices yeah because there are kids watching this show for sure who have divorced parents who probably have an estranged father that maybe wants to see them and can't
1: and can't and you know forget about it here how many stories of kidnapping and all that stuff of your own kids which is it's what this one very is Very weird very yeah weird. it's actually terrifying It's very scary in a in a realistic way. Right. Just like in the same way that you know the episode with, um, where Joker is the birthday party clown, Jeco the clown, Jeco the clown. I mean that's terrifying in a very, for the Joker a very realistic way. Yeah. So sometimes these shows really kind of hit close to reality. I think for a lot of people. And, um, this in, one, in many ways,
0: this episode's kind of a sister episode to Be a Clown.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's, you know, once again, it's a guy, you know, essentially trying to abduct, abduct, abduct a child. Abduct a child, yeah. Abduct a child. Although
0: <laughs> in Be a Clown, Jordan forces him yes, to abduct him. Yes, yeah. yes,
1: yes. Um, but in this episode, um, You know, Ventress just wants to see his daughter and he's willing to go to extreme lengths to do so. Right. So it's one of those things where this is very realistic, very real, and it's got the comic book sci-fi stuff kind of
0: laid on top of it. It just made me sad for all of them because I was like, it's not like this guy's robbing jewels to get revenge or to build a ray gun or whatever. It was just like he's stealing jewels to see his daughter. And he's you know,
1: trying to give his daughter gifts is pretty much it. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, as far as villain motivations go, not that he's at all a good guy and what he's doing is wrong. It's actually just sad. Yeah, it's and sad. pretty sweet.
1: Yeah. There's a nobility to it to a degree. Right. Um, his means are not noble
0: at all. Right. Um, strange dichotomy. Yeah. Uh, we get a transition through a sign outside. It says Wayne Tech Optical Research Laboratories. And I noticed the Wayne logo looks kind of like the old Westworld logo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, or a little bit like Waylon yutani actually. Uh, both, um, yeah. Yeah. Big There's W. A, yeah, a slow pan over to a large factory, and then we head inside. Lucius Fox is present here while a doctor on his staff is examining the front page of the Gotham Times. Headline reads, Batman Battles See-Through Robber. <laughs> Subtitle, Police Baffled by Invisible Man. <laughs> the, the little black and white photo is of a cop just looking at the footprints yep, in yep. the cement. He's like, like what happened? Yeah. <laughs> The doctor and his assistants are assuring Bruce Wayne that no equipment has gone missing. But Wayne is too savvy. Uh, He remembers hearing something last year about some kind of invisibility project. This to me is a big mistake for Bruce because it's like dude are you the airheaded playboy billionaire or are, are you, you actually bat- paying attention to your optical research laboratory department you I know.
1: remember there was a uh, invisibility oh department. yeah I
0: don't really read the trades but uh, didn't our optical research laboratory work on invisibility cloaks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter uh, <laughs> Um, yeah so the the assistant uh, brings up a man named Carrows Carrows was apparently the inventor who maybe came up with this invisibility cloak and they were actually uh, interested in investing. Lucius Lucius remembers the inventor well.
1: I pointed at the TV like Leo when they said Cloak of Invisibility. I'm like, Harry Potter.
0: You're a wizard, Harry. You're a wizard. Oh, RIP. R-I-P. Mm. Hagrid, oh, Hag- Hagrid's no. gone. No. Oh, deep breaths. Okay. Uh, I'm so sad. I have to keep going. Happy birthday. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah. The Dr. Carrows withdrew the proposal before they could close a deal, so they never... Got to even do the deal for the Invisibility Cloak. Honestly, they would have. Mm -hmm. They were interested, but the doctor shut it down. I like to think, Mike, uh, Karos, even though he's dead, he's just a character that gets mentioned. Yeah. Do you know why I think he shut it down? Why? I don't think it had to do with toxic plastic. I think he was just like, no one should be able to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was like the smart doctor. It's like
1: the opposite of Mr. Freeze. Right. It's like Mr. Freeze is like, no, we need this. We need this technology. And they could shut down. And this guy's like, this is bad.
0: Yeah. So I think Karo's might have been like kind of a moral doctor who's like, oh, I could sell this for a lot of money. Oh, never mind. I see what this is going to do. Forget it. You can't have it. Yep. I'm destroying it. Yep. Um, so they bring up this lab assistant. This guy, Sam Goodell, has been carrying on Karos' research. And then there's just dramatic res- uh, this dramatic music as Bruce considers stroking his, his chin. Uh, and then we get the immediate transition to that lab worker, uh, Sam Goodell, from above. Batman spying on him from a skylight. Goodell hears something but seemingly pays it no mind. Well, clearly his work is more important. Uh, Batman sneaks inside the building. He looks through the office, putting the little flashlight in his mouth, which Uh, he loves to do. That's
1: a dad move, though. Why does he do that?
0: Ultimate dad move,
1: man. You You need both your hands free, so you put the flashlight in your mouth. You can even buy bite guards
0: for flashlights. I don't know, man. Yeah kind of yeah, weird yeah dude no you've never seen anyone do that before well, i've seen batman do it a lot
1: yeah no no No. they sell bite guards for flashlights so if you're like working on a car or working on a machine you need uh, both hands yeah
0: i guess it's a thing yeah, i don't yeah, know yeah, it yeah. looks pretty cool I dad guess. move. Well, it's, it's an weird. ultimate
1: ultimate dad working on a car move yeah right well
0: batman's looking through the files for about three seconds and he finds a file that says oh light refraction experiments abandoned mm-hmm. so he immediately finds the file he looks at it for a second and knows everything yes because uh, he's Batman. And, uh, yeah, he he puts the file back. He's deciding now to move into the lab. And he's not there for very long before the assistant, Goodell, just dumps a whole supply shelf onto him. And he's mm-hmm. holding a wrench, uh, trying to see who's there. Mm-hmm. Batman easily slips away, gets the upper hand on Goodell, you know, grabbing him up by his collar, questioning the man. Mm-hmm. But Goodell has a solid alibi. He was there the whole previous day yeah. when the robbery was taking place. The yeah, security yeah. guard saw him. But then Goodell gives us, like, Incredible exposition, very, very fast. So basically, Caro's invented this plastic that becomes invisible by bending light rather than absorbing it or reflecting it using the refractory process or refraction process. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it only works when an electrical current is running through that plastic. Yes. Uh, There's a catch.
1: Which may also make sense why things he touches could also... Totally right.
0: There's the catch. Uh, The catch is that it becomes toxic. Yeah. to the person wearing it. Yeah, because
1: you're electrifying it with electricity. Right. You're probably breaking down the chemical components. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So
0: Goodell has tried to correct the problem, but it's hopeless. Actually, what he seems to be working on is disposing of all this stuff, yeah. which is probably what, what what Caro's wanted in the first place. Yes. Um, unfortunately. Some of the material has gone missing. Dun-dun-dun.
1: Bum-bum-bum.
0: There is a third person, other than Carrows or Goodell, who could have known about this stuff. His name is Lloyd Ventress. He was some kind of errand boy for the late Dr. Carrows. And, of course, we know Ventress is the one who has it. Next scene, more whistling wind. A shot of Helen from the interior of a garbage can, which I thought, are we supposed to kind of make a parallel between, like, the rotten plastic of the garbage bag And the rotten plastic of the Invisible Man suit in this episode. Oh, I did not make that connection. Am I reaching for that? I don't know because Goodell's also trying to throw out the toxic plastic. Yeah,
1: maybe, maybe that's that's a good read. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. didn't get much. I didn't get that.
0: I just figured we (laughs) see Mike is laughing at.
1: me. No, I'm not laughing at you. You are laughing. I'm laughing because you're now laughing. Um, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a crazy. You know what? I don't need this. Okay. All right. right. I was on. How about this?
0: (laughs) it was a quality podcast yeah it was pretty good all right anyway she's taking out the trash (laughs) batman shows up just in time all right uh but then we get a quick cut before there's even a conversation there's a quick cut to kimmy and mojo inside the house he's delivering that pearl necklace as promised but also kidnaps kimmy when that happens um we see invisible arms bearing her out the open window so outside on the street, Batman is in the middle of explaining that Ventress is... What's that? It turns out you can hug
1: your children with invisible arms.
0: You can, just not nuclear, nuclear arms. arms. right? Yeah. Uh, Batman is in the middle of explaining that Ventress has access to this ability to become invisible and that there's these effects of the long-term exposure to the toxic plastic. And And Helen understands. Uh, and, and Batman explains that it's going to affect his mind as well as his body. And then Helen makes the connection right away. Yep. Because she's a smart cookie. Mojo. Shit. Mojo. She runs into Kimberly's bedroom, but it's too late. There's just the open window and the discarded rag doll. Uh, Distraught, Helen collapses at the window like any mother would. Batman picks up the doll, gazing into its (laughs) little horrifying face. And then he fucking loads up a tranquilizer dart and disappears just as Helen is telling him that she just saw Kimmy like five minutes ago because Batman knows that they must be pretty close. Yeah,
1: and that's such a Batman move. Right. Batman's just like, yep. Yep, gonna shoot him. Gonna shoot him.
0: Uh, We then go back to the parking lot of the abandoned drive-in movie theater, which I I have to say as a location is pretty cool. Great. Great I was happy when it was established in the beginning of the episode and I was like, if you're gonna resurrect an old horror movie monster, you should bring me to an old drive-in. Love it. Pretty cool.
1: I wish we had drive-ins. You know, they have, have them
0: elsewhere. We used to have them. We used to have one at Westbury. Westbury used to be the <sighs> yes. drive ins We broadcast this show from Long Island that had drive-ins. We don't have them anymore. Unfortunately. They, a couple came up during the pandemic, yeah. and then they stopped.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the abandoned movie theater is very cool.
0: It is, yeah. So, we're yeah, we're in that abandoned drive-in movie theater parking lot. Ventress is trying to coax Kimmy into his car, the gray car that we saw earlier. Uh, and her objection is so cute as a little girl like uh, Elizabeth Moss does a really nice job she's like no it'll look like the car is driving itself which I think is like a perfectly reasonable little kid reason to not get in the car yeah 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 Uh, exasperated finally Ventress is just like you know what I'm just gonna reveal myself to you and he shows his face actually a big mistake Yep. Um, Kimmy actually doesn't recognize him as her father she just sees a stranger Yeah. and he identifies himself as her daddy and the word triggers her no not like that Uh, Because whatever she knows about her daddy, she knows that she is not supposed to be around him. Yeah. So Kimmy is trying to get away, and she's struggling to get away as Ventress is attempting to take her, whether she wants to go or not. Uh, And Batman arrives just in time. There's this great shot of bats against a uh, Batman against a full moon. Always good. And he swings down with both feet right into Ventress's chest, which, by the way, should have collapsed his rib cage.
1: Yeah, you probably bust the sternum. Batman's Batman is uh, is a heavy man. You're right I mean, if batman's big, like, heavy legs at least 220 he's got to be 220 225 yeah, big heavy legs on that I, right. guy a
0: big olympian
1: body yeah, he's swinging you know. at you from wherever he's swinging on whatever just cl- cra- cracking you right
0: in the, right in the, <laughs> right. the sternum See, you die you, I assume. You, you
1: would you would be in real bad shape you wouldn't be able to breathe for a bit
0: right so in that scuffle kimberly flees and batman loses sight of ventris because he's invisible and Ventress then gets into his car uh Now, in the original script for this episode, I read in the trivia, um, Kimmy was supposed to get in the car. Yeah. And standards and practices for once in this episode was like, all right. Hang on. Uh-uh-uh. You can have your restraining order, and you can have your divorced parents, <laughs> and we can put this kid in danger a lot, but she can't get into the car, which is funny because they allowed Jordan Hill yeah. to go all the way with Jekko the yep. Clown, yep, not have sex with Jekko the Clown. No, no. They allowed Jordan Hill to get all the way to the carnival with Jekyll yeah. and get in the roller coaster yeah. and everything, but they did not allow that with Kimmy Ventress. Weird. So... Maybe because they were already pushing it with all the other stuff they had. This episode's pushing it a lot with lots yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, she doesn't get in the car. However, we get the second coolest moment of the episode, oh, yeah. which is that when Ventress gets behind the wheel, he presses a button on the wheel, and you realize the whole car is coated in that yes. plastic. Cool. So he runs the electrical current, and the car disappears yeah. with him inside. Yeah, of it. really cool.
1: Batman has to get away.
0: Yeah. So uh, I loved it. Uh, Kimberly, we get a quick shot of her. She runs back home. Helen is waiting at the front door of their house with open arms. Remember, it's right by the Mm drive-in. They embrace. And then we get this incredible chase scene. This is probably the greatest technical achievement of the episode. I think so. The animation here is beautiful. We get Ventress's invisible car tries to run down Batman, speeding across the drive-in lot. And the motion of the car is marked just by screeching noises, tire tracks, And the speaker pulls at the drive-in that it knocks down in this sort of erratic path that it has. It's the coolest moment of the episode when Batman manages to turn and face an invisible car and fucking mount the car. Yeah, he
1: mounts the car. And then
0: rides the car like he's flying on top of it. So it just looks like Batman's just flying four feet above the ground. Which is awesome. It looks great. Um, But the coolest moment is in actually sort of the next sequence where... As Ventress is trying to get Batman off the vehicle, he's like knocking into shit. Yeah. And some of the debris peels back the plastic. So it's just like little scraps of the car's whole front end is visible with Batman flying on it. Like as a technical achievement, that looks great. Very cool.
1: It's such a brilliant idea. The animators did an
0: amazing job
1: making this scene
0: look awesome. Yeah, so I actually I'm okay that this episode was delayed.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think for
0: like the work to have been worth it, I think this this works yeah, absolutely. Um But I'm actually I'm getting ahead of ourselves here. That's um, fine. Yeah, so we have the whole <laughs> chase sequence, Um, and we get a shot of Ventress inside the cab of the car as he's trying to lose Batman on the roof. He's steering. Uh, in a a crazy way, racing through the streets of Gotham. We get one homeless man who sees Batman flying on the roof (laughs) of the car. He's like, I didn't know he could fly, too. (laughs) Flying Batman. Uh, Ventress is now driving against traffic on sort of like the Gotham Highway. He's probably killing dozens of people. Yeah, (laughs) many people died. Causing accidents. He runs through gas station pumps at one time, (laughs) causing an explosion. Probably another 50 people dead on that. Yeah, so many
1: people should have died on this show. (laughs)
0: You watch this show car chase.
1: Yeah, every you watch this show for like like two or three episodes, you're like a lot of people dying, man. For sure, by
0: far the greatest number of like casual casualties (laughs) is in Christmas with the Joker when the observatory turns into a cannon. He starts blowing up the city. That's the worst. Casual, you're just just like oh, hundreds of people are dead. Casual
1: casualties. This is
0: close. Another runner up would be like when Scarecrow just dive-bombs his fucking blimp <laughs> into the city because he can't drive it and nothing to fear. Yeah, no. Or Joker's laughing gas in Last Laugh yeah, is also pretty bad. Yeah. But like, this is just like sideline casualties. We never get to follow no, up no. because it's a cartoon. Th-
1: though I do think the phrase casual casualties is perfect.
0: Thank you. That's copywritten. Yeah. Okay, you yeah. can have it though. Okay, good. We'll share the copy. Yeah, well, we'll, it's on our show. Yeah, we that's the, show. the name of our next podcast. Casual casualties, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. That goes along with uh, the Batman Batman Beyond cast, yeah. which we have promised, and also the Watchman cast. Watch Watchcast. Watchcast, right. Tick, tick, um, tick. Tick, tick, tick. tick. Uh, Ventress can't seem to lose Batman. Batman is now pleading with Ventress, telling him the suit is toxic. <laughs> Uh, Ventress is not having any of it. He knocks into some garbage cans. That is when, as we're kind of uh, knocking into the debris, the car becomes more visible. It looks awesome. Finally, Ventress drives this thing through a fucking train yard. He drives it onto some train tracks, going over a bridge with a train coming in the opposite direction. Ventress escapes the car. So does Batman. They end up on the same adjacent rooftop with, like, this little wooden shack uh, breaking Batman's fall. And Ventress is already waiting for Batman when he jumps to the adjacent rooftop, and Ventress, I don't know how to describe this another way, beats the shit out of Batman. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, the reaction shots of Batman getting hit are huge. This yeah. guy's monumentally strong. Yeah. He's got, like, freak crazy man strength. Yeah, he's very, very tough. Also, smart direction from Reba here. This gets around standards and practices, yeah, right? Yeah, because he's getting hit Two by nothing. Two guys can be hitting each other if one of them can't be seen. Can't see that fist to face. That's it. So, he's just getting beaten up. However... I always forget Batman carries ninja stars in addition to Batarang. So he uses that to burst the water tank on the rooftop of this building. And, of course, uh, I think this is in, like, every Invisible Man film or cartoon. Water pours over the Invisible Man. I'm thinking, of course, Kevin Bacon, Hollow Man, right? (laughs) And we see Ventress just standing there. Batman gets his one really quippy line in of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Peekaboo! <laughs> <laughs> We've
1: mentioned Kevin Bacon twice on the show for two different things. He's the Hollow Man. He is the, ho- and he is with the his big
0: Halloweeny in that ep- in that movie. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, Batman <laughs> finally gets his licks in, proving that Batman's the much better fighter. And it's only that Ventress can't be seen that's really allowed him to have the upper hand so far. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and Batman bests him in this final fight. Um, gets another good line in before the end Get ready for your biggest disappearing act Ventress, the one where no one sees you for 10 to 20 mm, Which is such a scruff McGruff thing yeah, to say yeah.
1: He's taking a bite out of crime
0: <laughs> um, We're in our final scene now uh, Kimmy is once again talking in her bedroom Uh oh, telling someone unseen about the upcoming move and that uh, Kimmy is confident that once they move Daddy will never find them, even if he gets out of jail Helen then bursts in. She's concerned, worried about who her daughter might be talking to. And Kimmy just explains, well, it's Batman. And Helen humors her, you know, okay, yeah, sure. All right, it was Batman closing the open window. But then we get uh, this pan upward shot exterior of the house. Uh, camera pans up to the steeple of the roof and Batman is there against the full moon, just kind of walking his way off. And that's the end of the episode.
1: Good guy, Batman, checking in see how things good guy batman my, good guy batman a lot in this show
0: yeah so uh my closing thoughts on
1: see no evil yeah i think this episode is really interesting i, I think it's fun uh, i think it's one of those episodes that you know we have a few episodes where we're not where we're met with original characters for the animated series that like really just hit it out of the park um I really like this episode a lot. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. I love the callbacks to The Invisible Man. It actually makes me want to go back and watch The Invisible Man, the original movie. For real. Um, well, or the,
0: Actually, the, the 2021, 2021
1: is good, and the character is very similar to Lloyd Ventress. That's crazy, yeah, and that's really cool to, uh, to check that out. But, you know, I'm in, the, I'm in the mood to watch this type of stuff, so it was cool. Uh, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly.
0: Yeah, I liked it as well. I think just from a technical standpoint, I think there's these yeah. just sort of impec- impeccably choreographed yeah. sequences yeah. of how the invisibility works, mm-hmm. whether that's in action or even in just in the drama scenes. Like, yep. I love when he's just an exposed head yep. talking. I love the way his suit interacts with other objects. I love the car chase scene. I think that is the coolest sequence. You know, it, it would rank in the series. Yeah. Um, it's a really good episode. Yeah. I forgot how good this was. I remember it had left an impression on me, but now all these years later, uh, as an adult, I'm looking at Sino No Evil and I'm like, fuck,
1: this is a good episode. Good episode.
0: Um, you know, I, I would for ranking easily in the top half i would
1: put in the top half for sure i don't think it's that far outside the top 20
0: yeah it might be a little bit out of there but not not too so, far to be clear it's not it wouldn't be in my top 20 no, no. i would probably reserve those slots for other than like legendary episodes probably more with more major villains yeah I think it actually sort of really hurts this episode that ventress has never used again
1: yeah it would be cool um, to do like a return of this character with you know maybe he has a better suit or something like that. The problem right. with the it's, problem, actually,
0: it's actually sadder that he never know, comes back because you're like no this guy doesn't see his daughter again. He's in yeah, prison. he's done.
1: Um, the other thing with it too is that when you have a villain that has a gimmick like this, it's hard to use them more than once. And I think that's what we run into sure. with a. That's what we run into with a an animated series like this that has this many episodes, is right. that after a certain amount of time, at least the Joker, he's always a wild card. He's always got something else going on. The Mafia, they have all sorts of stuff going on. But like maybe that's why the Riddler's only used twice, because he's got a very...
0: Riddler um, has a unique problem yes, that we'll have to discuss another yes, episode. Yeah,
1: but you yeah. know what I mean? And I feel like Ventress's power of being an invisible man... At, at they wh- kind of use all the tricks in yes, this episode. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's there's like, nothing else to do. If you were to bring him back, like what game of Escalation are we playing?
0: You're totally right. Yeah, so what... When- Whenever we have recurring villains, as we have a ton of them on this show, each time we see them, they've gotten a little bit more powerful, or they have some other way how they're going to get Batman. I don't know, as an invisible man, you can't be, like, more invisible.
1: No, unless you... The only other thing you could do, like I said, it's a game of escalation. It's like, well, now he's got an invisible plane, and now he's got an invisible thing, and it's, like, too much. Yeah, or
0: he can, like, phase through walls now or something like that, which is now a different power. Yeah,
1: well, then he's the spot.
0: Right. Uh... (laughs) arguably a better character I yeah don't yeah i, like I think button. so i like I. um okay well hey listen we we enjoyed this episode i hope you did as well listener um next time we're going to be talking about one of our favorite episodes it's definitely, of the animated series definitely a top 10 and probably one of yours as well yes easily a top 10 episode for both of us uh next time on batman tasticast we'll be discussing beware the gray ghost very nice so something to look forward to mike will be taking us through that one so uh Let's wrap it up. Listen, folks, thank you for joining us. This was the Batman Tasticast for Mike Staub. I'm Jordan Hugh. Thank you and see you next time, or will we? Same bat time, same bat channel. And thank
1: you for listening to this week's episode of the Batman Tasticast. If you want to continue to support the show, please give us a like or a subscribe on the podcatcher of your choosing. Or you can leave us a review because that helps the podcast be that much more visible. Also, if you want to reach out to us on social media, you can find us at Batman Tasticast pretty much across the board. So reach out, comment, let us know what your favorite episodes are. If you got any good little tidbits of information, please feel free to share them with us. And once again, for Jordan Hugh and me, Mike Staub, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.